Welcome to Be Flossom, the Good Enough Podcast. This show encourages entrepreneurs to embrace their flaws and be awesome, promote their business without shame on social media, and grow it to support the life they truly desire to live. I'm your host, Anita Kirkbride, social media trainer and brainstormer extraordinaire, founder of the Flossom League Social Media Academy for Business and Twerp Communications, Inc. Today, I am speaking with Jewel Veach, a seasoned coach, entrepreneur, and facilitator in the field of personal and career development. She's the author of True Gifts, Ignite Your Soul's Magic and Monetize the Highest Expression of Your Purpose. She has supported countless women to launch their dream of building a legacy doing what they love. She's excited to bring her expertise to purposeful women around the world through her Ignite Your Soul Magic program, workshops, and speaking engagements. Welcome, Jewel. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. I love talking to women who use things like soul and soul magic in their bios because I feel like it's so the opposite of me. I don't talk (laughs) that way. And so I find it fascinating to talk to people that use words like that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I love that. Well, let's dive into soul. I'm yeah. What does soul magic mean? To me, we are all as humans, magic. We're born as really magical beings and we're magical children until we unlearn our magic. And until we are taught that magic isn't real, Santa Claus isn't real, our imagination isn't real, we shouldn't be daydreaming, we shouldn't be, you know, veering away from all the traditional structural expectations of society and education and parents and peers and all of that stuff. And we lose our magic. And as a result, our heart and soul that houses our magic and holds our magic and preserves it shuts down. And so reigniting or igniting the soul magic is like reigniting your heart. It's like reopening our hearts. And that is really my deepest purpose in the world is to open human hearts back again, because for so many reasons, they've been closed along the way. What does it look like when somebody has lost their magic? That's a great question. It looks like saying yes to things you don't want to do, putting yourself second, you know, moving into careers that don't feel aligned and purposeful because of parental or other, you know, expectations. It looks like carrying negative and very dense energy in your body that can create illness. It looks like developing coping mechanisms, addictions, ways to self-soothe because there is a hole there. And it's a painful thing to feel like there's something missing and trying to find that, you know, and that's why I do the work that I do. True gifts is about finding your truest gifts and the highest expression of your purpose, because we do spend a lifetime looking for something that seems elusive. And the reason we're looking is that we have lost our magic. 
all the ways in which we behave and operate in our lives and our relationships and our work aren't necessarily in congruence with that magic. So the feeling, it feels off. It feels unsettled. It feels like unrest in your bones. Mm. So then the opposite, what does it look like when we have our magic? How would somebody know which side of the coin they're on? I know that's two different questions, but. No, they're two great questions that complement each other. And I'll answer them both at the same time, because there's such an interweaving of both of these Mm -hmm. things. I would say more what it feels like and how you know is that you feel it. There is, because everything is energy, we are energy, emotions and thoughts and this laptop and your microphone, us, we as humans are energy. And when we have lost our magic, our energy is stuck, our energy is stagnant, we feel heavy, we can feel the constriction in our body. And when we have reopened our hearts, and we're flowing that energy and that magic, It's literally what Tai Chi is all about. If you've ever done Tai Chi or heard of Tai Chi, it's the movement of energy. So it feels light. It feels invigorating. You feel vital. You feel energy, Chai energy, literally moving through your body. You feel awake. You feel clear. You have intuitive hits, synchronicities happen, and you feel alive. So that's how it looks. Mm -hmm. And I'm describing how it looks and how you feel. And what does life look like when you feel that way? Your interactions, your conversations, your connections are alive. You have really healthy relationships with yourself, with others. You make clear choices about what you eat, how you move, how you speak, how you play, how you love. And so it's really all encompassing. Mm -hmm. in the way that you experience your magic. And for me personally, I experience that kind of energy as a very, I see it actually as light moving through me. Like I can literally close my eyes and I can feel the sparkles of magic, like flickering. It's like a flickering light. And it's kind of like an energy circuit that's been rewired to work properly rather than distorted energy circuits. It's like a properly defined and wired energy circuit. So it's like having, you know, if you think of a house and how it's electrical wiring is created, it's a very highly tuned electrical circuit because that's what we are. We're energy, Mm -hmm. we're electricity. It's interesting. I have not an old house by any stretch, but it's, you know, it's a 50 or 60 year old house. And so the wiring in this house is not all quite up to scratch. Mm -hmm. And there are some interesting things. We have lights that flicker. We have some rooms that can't handle very much electricity at once. (laughs) So I think that's a really interesting analogy. If I compare that to, I guess the best example I have And what I'm feeling when you're talking about having lost the magic and finding the magic, when I think about my life, it would be when I got divorced Mm -hmm. before I had no magic. And when you're describing all the things that were going wrong, I'm thinking about all the ways, all the relationships, not just my marriage, but all of the relationships were not aligned, not working. My business was okay, but not thriving. 
I got divorced. I got remarried. And now it's like the three years, four years after I got remarried, my personality has completely changed. I'm a totally different person now. Totally different. My kids see it. My ex-husband can't believe the different person that I am. And so I see that shift. And maybe I guess I found my magic. I don't know that it's in the marriage that I Mm -hmm. found it. Mm -hmm. I think I found it. Gosh, I wasn't planning to get this personal on this podcast. (laughs) But I think I found it because I realized that my life wasn't going in the direction that I wanted. And I took control of it. And that's when I got my magic back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which led to a divorce, led to remarrying, led to all kinds of fun stuff in business. Yeah. And making decisions and choices that actually serve and support. Like you said, you know, I became a different person. You actually returned to who you really were in the first place. You know, and that's like that magical child. That's how you started out. You just went full circle and came back. And I've said that many times Mm -hmm. that that whole process brought me back to who I used to be, who I, yeah, maybe not who I was as a child, but who I used to be Mm -hmm. and the things that I had pushed down and ignored and just Mm -hmm. ways of being just Mm -hmm. things that I wasn't allowed to enjoy Mm -hmm. that I can now enjoy with a partner. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know what? I tend to say that I don't understand these words like soul (laughs) and magic and source and energy and spirit and all these things. But I guess I really kind of resonate with that today because my divorce story is a lot like that. Yes. Because these are universal shared qualities. I mean, it magic is a quality, it's an energy source is an energy soul is an energy. And these are universal in all human beings, even if it's not the kind of language you've been using, it's still accessible and available to every single human on the planet. And I love your story. Thank you for sharing that because that's such a good example of returning and reclaiming your magic. Yeah, someday I'll have to tell all the stories. But yeah, I'm a totally different person now. And I don't know, there'd be people listening to this podcast who would have known me 10 years ago before the divorce and know me now. I'd be interested to know if they see the change. I certainly see the change. I would too. (laughs) So if anybody is listening that knew me 10 years ago, (laughs) let me know about that change. Okay, so let's talk about Flossom, because Flossom's a really good fit for what you're talking about. And before we started recording, you were telling me that when you first started to get on social media, you really had some Flossom experiences. So -hmm. tell me about getting on social media in the beginning. Well, you bet. In the beginning, I was working at a job that was fulfilling to a point. And I knew in my heart and soul that I needed to grow and expand and move on and and become an entrepreneur because there was so much more I could offer. And I was scared. Even in the face of fear, I left my job, did it anyway, took the leap and started my own business. And when I did that, I was just, you know, getting onto social media. And I encountered at that time, someone who introduced me to a group on social media And the group was called 100 Days of Shifting. 
it was a challenge designed to have us, everyone in the group, for every day, for 100 days, to actually express their creativity in whatever the way they wanted to on social media. And I took the challenge because there was something in me that knew that I wanted to, and I needed to do something that was creative, but I didn't really know what. So I got onto social media and I began to download some beautiful images. As you know, there's all kinds of images come through daily. And as I began to download these images, I would sit in the morning in my meditation and take the image in. And then I would, I started to write, I started to write words that were evoking the feelings that the images were giving me. And that started, you know, my presence on social media because I started posting. So I was really putting myself out there and, you know, putting my words and my inspirational posts out there. And I was feeling pretty daunted because I didn't know if people would resonate, would like them, not like them, etc. All that to say that that came full circle that through doing that, I met someone who helped me create a blog. And that followed up with someone who helped me to create a business, essentially, and start a business. And I knew that I needed to get onto social media and start talking about what I was doing. But I didn't know what I was doing, necessarily. All I knew was that I had a gift for, you know, I had been a career coach for two decades. And I knew how to take people on exploration journeys, career exploration journeys to help them find their gifts and, you know, monetize the highest expression of their purpose, which is the title of my book. But I didn't know how to put it into words. I didn't know how to put it on social media. I didn't know how to connect the dots. And the flossome part of it is that I just did what I saw to do next anyway. I just expressed something inspirational anyway, regardless of whether or not anybody liked it. I just started to share my personal story about how I had left my job and what I was doing, taking a leap, even though I thought it was crazy. It was scary, right? I thought, what am I doing? There are all these layers of negative self-talk. And I just kept posting and sharing anyway. What happened was that it was in the sharing and in the becoming visible and in the speaking up and posting on social media that that was the very thing that helped me clarify what I was doing and what I did want to do and what kind of coach I was indeed becoming and who I did serve. And I say that because I didn't, and I'm not wired to be able to, you know, figure it all out before I got onto social media. I actually created by creating, if that makes sense. And that felt very like it was blossom, you know, because it was full of what I saw were flaws, but, you know, people were hearing and listening and it actually called me the act of coming onto social media and the act of overcoming the fear around it was the very thing that helped me to strip away all the stuff that was going on in my mind that tried to hold me down in the fear and in the procrastination and in the I'll do it later and in the oh I can't post that and so it was the act of actually coming onto social media and facing you know and overcoming that fear that grew my 
clarity around my own gifts and my own purpose, which is exactly what I, you know, what I'm here to do. So Mm. I feel that social media has been an enormously potent tool, technology tool for me to express my genius, express my gifts in order to build the legacy that I'm building. And so when you started posting for business purposes, let's say, when you had a business that you needed to start posting about and you were worried about what were people going to think or is anybody going to watch this? Is anybody going to like this? Are they even going to pay attention? How did you overcome that fear to actually push the post button? I overcame that fear by doing my own internal work you know, behind the scenes. And and this is part of the inner core work, inner core being the name of my business for a good reason. And I identified the fear. I mean, in a nutshell, I would identify the fear. I would feel it in my body because our bodies respond immediately to our thoughts and, you know, which produce emotions. And I worked in the inner core of my being to overcome fear When through the work that I have done and through the inner core work, what happens is there's an alchemy that happens where the fear actually combusts and turns into an energy of, you know, forward moving, inspiration, excitement, clarity, all of that stuff. So I did my own inner work Mm -hmm. along the way. And I used social media to help point me to all my fears. So I would do my own internal work. And sometimes the kind of work that I'm talking about is a process and it doesn't happen overnight. You don't overcome a fear overnight because, you know, whenever we do something new or upgrade or move to the next level, there's always another level of fear anyway. So it's Mm -hmm. not that it disappears. It's that I was building a muscle of trust. And every time people always ask me, how do you learn to trust? And I always say by trusting. By, by taking an action and even in the face of fear, as you take the action, once you've done it, then you trust yourself a little bit more and then right. taking another action, then you trust yourself a little bit more. So I would say building trust in that way has really, and I'm still on that journey. I'm still on that journey of sharing in a way that is really authentic without putting it into a box or a container that fits because I think other people expect a certain thing from me and removing that and just going for it. So it's been a journey and it always is and it always will be, you know, putting ourselves out there is always a journey. There's a lot to unpack in that. And it reminds me, I think I've probably told this story on this podcast before, but I have a client that we built a social media strategy for her together. And as part of that, I told her that she needed to start doing weekly Facebook live videos. And boy, did she really dislike me in the beginning. (laughs) She was not happy about this idea of going live on Facebook without a script. Like I told her, you can't have a script in front of you that you read. You can have bullet points to make Mm -hmm. sure you cover everything, but it's got to be you. And she told me after several months of working together and doing this, that she hated it in the beginning. She would absolutely dread getting up that day. Didn't want to go to work. Didn't want to see her computer. She would procrastinate. She would do it because she told me she would. And then she said, all of a sudden, one day she realized she actually kind of liked doing it. Ha. <laughs> so at some point yeah. that switch 
came on for her. She started hearing from people in the community that they were watching. They weren't commenting, Mm -hmm. but they were watching. They were seeing her stuff. She would get comments once in a while. Oh, that video about XYZ really helped me. Or thank you for that information. Or even just, oh, I see you online all the time. She wasn't online all the time. People were saying that and it helped her realize that what she was doing was worthwhile Mm -hmm. and that helped her flip the switch. So now she doesn't complain about having to go online every week. (laughs) So that's good. And I often tell people that story. And I always tell my clients, you can't get better unless you start. That's right. right. You have to take that first step. And so that's why I asked the question, how did you get over that fear and take those first steps? Because some people can't get past that first video, that first post. I remember the first Facebook live, first series and few Facebook lives that I did. I I remember this feeling of, oh my God, I'm scared shitless. And I remember almost like becoming, forcing myself to become almost mechanical to open the laptop, you know, turn on the, the video And literally just this millisecond before clicking go live, just being in a state of, okay, I don't know. I I have no idea what I'm doing here, what I'm going to say, but I know that clicking the button is going to do something. And then the minute that I click the button, go live, and I started talking, the minute I start talking, all that fear, which is false completely disintegrates, but there was, and sometimes there still is, haven't done a live in quite a while because I've been busy writing a book and the editing stages at the moment, but done them many times in the past and in my group. And there's that millisecond just before where I didn't give myself time to think. Mm -hmm. And that's the mechanical piece. It's like, okay, no headspace, just put your hand on the button, just put your finger on the button and you're not allowed to think. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, go. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. just do it. So you mentioned your book. Did you always want to put out a book? Let me ask that first. Did you always want to be an author? I never called it being an author because I never like connected to that really. But now I am an author. I, I always wanted to write a book. I always wanted to write a book for as long as I can remember. I've always loved writing. I've loved writing poetry. I've loved writing inspirationally. I've loved writing letters and I've loved journaling for as long as I can remember. I couldn't quite get my head around what this book would be because there is so much in here that I believe I have probably 10 books in me. And I found a book mentor, a book coach who helped me to understand that, like you said a second ago, all I need to do is start by starting, start with one book idea. So I picked the one thing, which is kind of crazy because now that I see what I've written, it's so glaringly obvious that this is the topic that I meant to write about because it's what I've done as, you know, for my entire adult life in my career and both on my spiritual path as well. And it's a blend of finding your gifts and the practical pieces of finding your gifts and uncovering the genius expression of it and really aligning that with your deeper purpose, the practical pieces and the internal inner core pieces, the spirit work that we need to do in order to create a bridge between 
those two things. And so if you always wanted to be a writer, always wanted to write a book, and you're finally working on a book, you must have sat down and created a big, huge outline and a plan for how you were going to get this book done, right? That's how authors work, right? No, I did. I did create, I had this amazing guidance through the author incubator and some amazing coaching where I did sit down and look at the structure of the book. And what that means is who am I writing the book for? What problem am I helping them solve? What is their dream come true? What is the result that they will achieve? through reading the book. And so that was the sort of outside the container for it. And then some internal structures that I was guided and coached to do around what are each of the pieces contained in my process that I have used and what are the repeatable parts of the work that I do, which are now represented in an eight-step process in the book. And I've created at the same time as the book, a companionship course to those eight steps. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have that framework. So that's what you're saying, I think, is creating that structure for how this book would be presented. And I had some support to help me know how to do that. And before, the reason I didn't write the book was because I didn't know how to structure that. I had no clue because I had so many millions of things and areas of inner knowledge, outer knowledge, expertise, you know, wisdom, all these nuggets. And I did not know how to put them together. So you just started. So I just started. Yeah, absolutely. And I would recommend it. It's, you know, writing a book is just such a transformational experience. I would recommend it for anyone who has that desire you know, because it's very doable. I started writing it in essentially the beginning of February. So it's been very, in a very concentrated amount of time and bringing all that together because the structure was there. Yeah. It's interesting. My teenage daughter aspires to be an author, more of a science fiction kind of author than a self-help, obviously at her age. And we have conversations about writing and things sometimes. And I'm not an author. I've never written a, well, I did have a book, but anyway, I can't help her with how to structure a book or anything like that. But we were talking the other day and she was talking about how she's spending all this time planning. She's writing a book that includes non-human characters. I don't know how else to describe Uh them. Aliens, basically. So she's building all of these different types of people and she's mapping out the world they live in and she's building building a language for them and she hasn't even started on the story yet and I'm thinking wow if it was me I'd just start in on the story Mm -hmm. but obviously she got the planning genes from somewhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's interesting I mean we're wired so differently you know we are it's interesting to see how different people approach different Mm -hmm. topics. So how do you feel about social media now? It's a great ally. It's a great (laughs) friend. It's a great communication hub for personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. I've become very discerning around what's on my newsfeed because part of my work is to keep my energy channel really clean. And so, you know, any negativity, I just doesn't exist on my newsfeed. And 
I feel that there are challenges, you know, around technology for sure, but that there are more advantages to it. And it's really, really helps my business grow considerably, you know, leaps and bounds. And especially through COVID, I have not obviously seen a client in person for quite a long time. But even before COVID started, I was using social media to connect with people and people are connecting with me that I've never heard of before, but based on the power of the posts and the words and just it's called resonance, you know, and I feel this whole topic of energy is that we can feel one another's energies even through the screen and smell in authenticity miles away. So I've really used it to leverage my ability to serve in the world mm-hmm. in a big way. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell us where we can find you if people listening want to connect with you and check out your upcoming book or your course. Mm-hmm. Where's best for us to go to find you? My website is probably the best entry point www.innercorecoach.com that's i n n e r C-O-R-E-C-O-A-C-H, innercorecoach.com. And there is a contact page there. And I will be releasing my book on June the 10th. So if anyone would like to, who's listening, I'm not sure when this episode will be released, but if anyone is listening and would like an advanced copy to let me know by sending me a message through my website. There's a direct email link there. That's probably the best way to do it. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about soul magic and inner core work. I'm sure lots of people will be inspired by the conversation today to just get started and just wing it and just do something and to be authentic about it. So thanks for sharing your stories with us. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm inspired by your stories too. So thank you for sharing. That's funny because I think I don't have any stories until I'm in the middle of telling them. So interesting. That was a great one. I loved it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jewel. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to Be Flossom, the Good Enough podcast. Before you leave, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode when I'll be talking to another perfectly imperfect entrepreneur. If you're looking for the show notes, head on over to beeflossom.ca, where you'll also find all the links to connect with today's guest.